Welcome to the Apple Store, Covent Garden in London for tonight's special event, Meet the Filmmakers. Please give a warm welcome to tonight's guest moderator, Ali Plum. Hello everyone, congratulations on making the right decision on coming down here today. Uh, a great movie to talk about. Uh, I'm gonna kick things off uh, with a great trailer for Zootropolis that explains the wonderful world these guys have created. So without any further ado, Zootropolis. In the world of Zootropolis, humans never happened, which makes Zootropolis a modern, civilized world that is entirely animal. That is an animal. Animals in Zootropolis are anthropomorphic. That is just a big fancy word that means they walk around on two feet. They do not go to work nude. Thank you. Almost. That's got it. And they use technology. Okay, there are mammals from all over the globe in Zootropolis. Large and small, fast and slow. But the truth is, Zootropolis isn't perfect. And just like our world, not everyone gets along. Especially natural enemies. which can create some issues. But nature always gives animals special skills to survive, and while one may have amazing night vision, another may have incredible hearing and an air-powered elephant tranquilizer. So now you know, Zootropolis, like nothing you've seen before. So please welcome to the stage directors Richmore and Byron Howard. Hello. Thank you. Hi guys, thanks. Thanks for coming Hi. down, guys. Hello. Hello. So we just met there, Nick Wilde and Judy Hopps. That's right. Where did they come from? Well. What's the story behind these two? The uh, story behind these two is, so five years ago, after I finished directing Tangled with Nathan Greno, uh, I pitched an idea to John Lasseter about an anthropomorphic animal movie, because uh, I was a big fan of Robin Hood growing up. Anyone see Robin Hood growing up? Yeah, Rob, yeah, I see you. Robin, Robin Hood fans. Robin Hood yeah. fans, very good. So we, uh, we said, we haven't done that kind of movie in a long time, and John was so happy about what the idea, he, he hugged me, <laughs> and he lifted me in the air, and held me aloft like baby Simba and he carried me around the room. He's very strong. He has a low center of gravity, Passion. upper body strength, very good. And uh, so then we started on this kind of long five-year quest to produce Zootropolis. It's also the, uh, the power of the tie-dye Hawaiian shirt that give him the strength. <laughs> it's, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so aside from Robin Hood, what other movies did you draw inspiration from for this? Well, when you see the movie, yeah. we're big film fans, so you want to yeah. talk about the noir stuff? And yeah. well, uh, well, definitely for me, uh, the Jungle Book, you know, was was one that uh, inspired me. That was the first movie I ever saw as a kid in a theater. So uh, it was really an honor to be, you know, working with talking like a Disney talking animal movie. Uh, we we drew inspiration from since it's uh, kind of a police procedural with with buddy cops. We we looked at uh, Forty Eight Hours. Uh, the Lethal Weapon movies, um, and and even some kind of noir 
movies like Chinatown and LA Confidential, mm -hmm. the Thin Man uh, series uh, for that relationship between Nick and Nora Charles. You know, mm -hmm. it's very much like the relationship that uh, Judy and Nick have in the film. None of those movies, including The Jungle Book, have. You've heard of. I've heard of. <laughs> what are they? The Jungle yeah. What? Um, have as many delightful puns as this film does. And I noticed on the poster just today that instead of DKNY, it's DNKY, which reads out as donkey. 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 Right. Yes. It's that level of punmanship so that these puns. guys must be congratulated for. Um, do you have any that stand out for you that you particularly love in this world of animals and also puns? There's Lulu Lemmings. There's uh, what else? What else do we have? We have many. Uh, there's, there's signage all over the place. No, we 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 play a lot with the the cliches and stereotypes that we know for animals that people put mm. on animals. Um, ju just all those kinds of th things of like an elephant is, has a good memory. That that uh, weasels are sneaky. That that foxes can't be trusted. They're sly. You know, so things like that. So, as you may have guessed, Judy Hopps, that young rabbit you've just met, is a policeman or police person, a police rabbit. Um, and I want to show you a clip uh, to get to know her. This is her first day in Zootropolis as a cop, and this is what happens to her. All right, everybody sit. I've got three items on the docket. First, we need to acknowledge the elephant in the room. Francine. Happy birthday. Number two. There are some new recruits with us I should introduce, but I'm not going to because I don't care. Finally, we have 14 missing mammal cases. All predators from a giant polar bear to a teensy little otter. And City Hall is right up my tail to find them. This is priority number one. That was the lovely Idris Elba as yeah. a... Yeah, yeah do clap, a, do clap. 3,000 pound... You don't have to clap. Cape Buffalo. You don't, it's okay. And here he is. <laughs> what made you think of casting the guy who played Luther as a policeman? Well, it's pretty obvious. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty obvious. <laughs> he's amazing in this he's film. He's wonderful. Um, and the thing you might not know about Idris is... He's got a really great sense of humor. Um, like, I knew him from Luther and just all his dramatic parts, but uh, to work with him, the guy is really funny. And I mean, in a really goofy way. He's kind of goofy, he's right? He's really silly. He prefers know, so. to record in his stocking feet as well. The shoes come <laughs> off when Idris comes into the room. And, uh, and, it started, and his character at first was just very kind of a, a straight, forward, like kind of grouchy, you know, chief of police character, but he really started, I said, you're, you're funny, man. You know, we've got to get some of that into your character. And, and his character began to kind of take on a more comedic side that, that wasn't there before we started working with him. So when you cast Shakira as a pop star called Gazelle, mm -hmm. was she also no shoes, no socks, when she was <laughs> also doing nothing? Also no That's, shoes. We demand that everyone work that way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no a few shoes, rules. No socks. Yeah. That's yeah. just how it works. Uh, no, she was wonderful to work with. And, um, and 
we, we pitched the movie to her when, when we first met her, you know, and, and hoped that she would take a liking to it. And um, the first thing that she said was, you know, when I was a little kid, I wanted to be a police officer too. You mm -hmm. know, when I was growing up in Columbia because I wanted to stick up for the little guy. So mm -hmm. uh, she really connected to the, the character of Judy and, um, and jumped right on board. Didn't she insist that her hips had to be bigger as a gazelle? She, that is no lie. Yeah, she yes. did say... And that they she, don't lie. See They're what we did? It's a, it's a joke. They're very honest. Uh, no, she, yeah, we did show her the gazelle model, and gazelles are very svelte and thin, and the gazelle looked like she needed a sandwich, so we kind of <laughs> kind of plumped her out a little bit and made her a little more curvy at Shakira's request, and she, Shakira was very nice. She shared all the dance moves we needed to animate her character and the sexy tiger dancers, which you will enjoy, in Zootropolis, so they're very... very Truly, sexy. as someone who's lucky enough to have seen the film, the sexy tiger dancers are enough of a reason to go and watch it. That's Truly. That's all you need. Amazing. One of hundreds of reasons. Hundreds of reasons, yeah. but that alone is good enough. So, um, the movie isn't about sexy tiger dancers or gazelles. It's actually about a fox and a bunny. Um, now, bunny cop and a no-good, conniving, kind of weaselly fox. Here is the two of them. Nick Wilde and uh, Judy Hopps together, they have to go and get, in this clip, uh, a, a license plate checked out. And this is one of the best scenes in the film. I absolutely love it. Please do enjoy. Here we go. Coming through. This is Officer McQuarn. We got a 1031. I got them. Oh. Officer Hopps, I am in pursuit. Woo, woo! Uh, I need you to run a plate. Flash is the fastest guy in there. He can run the plate like that. Wait. They're all slots? Well, are you saying that because he's a sloth, he can't be fast? Flash, flash, 100-yard dash. Buddy, it's nice to see you. Nice to see you, hmm. too. Hmm. Officer Judy Hap, CPD, how are you? I am doing fine. Well. What? Hang in there. Can I do? Well, I was hoping you could run a plate. For you. Well, I was hoping you Today. could. Well, I was hoping you could run a plate for us. We are in a really big hurry. What's the plate? 29T. Number. 29THD03. 29T. HD03. H? D03. D. Mm-hmm. 03. Zero. Three. Hey, Flash, want to hear a joke? No! Sure. Okay. What do you call a three-humped camel? I don't know. Pregnant. <laughs> Ah! 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 Ha ha! Yes! Uh, very funny, very funny. Can we please just uh, focus on the tape? Hey! Wait, wait, wait! Priscilla! Oh, no! Yes? Flash? What? <gasps> Do? No! You call? A three-humped camel? Uh, Pregnant! Okay, great! Three. We got it! Please jump! Ah! Hurry! We gotta beat the rush hour in! It's night!
That's actually the short version. Yeah, the, yeah, the, real, the real version's much, much longer. A little longer. bit longer. I cannot wait for the Sloth yeah. spin-off movie. Lasting approximately wars. nine hours. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to do a trilogy of trilogies. It's going to be amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, in Zootropolis, there are several different zones. Yes. The, yeah. Could you tell us a little bit about these different zones? That's right. So uh, Zootropolis is a city built by animals for animals. And since animals come from different environments, like the, the tundra and the desert and the rainforest, they have uh, different districts in uh, Zootropolis. And we have, we have Tundra Town for the cold weather animals. The cold dwelling polar bears. Polar bears and Arctic shrews live yes. there. We have Sahara Square for the camels, where it's sort of like uh, Monte Carlo and Dubai rolled into one. It's very glitzy. And then we have the rainforest district where we have thousand foot tall steam trees. And all the kind of Amazonian, you know, types of animals live yeah. in that, that yeah. area. So. so something for everybody. If you're an animal, you'd yeah. be very comfortable in Zootropolis. It's not every mammal though, and they, they are mammals here. That's true, all mammals. It's all mammals. All mammals, but no there are mammals. no apes. No, that's true. We found that when we put apes in the movie, they're too much like us, and everyone mm. assumed that those are the smartest guys in the movie. Like and Byron, that's not and true. I, not, I, not you, we, Allie. We not, do look not a little. You. We're not saying you're like a monkey. No, we're just we're not saying like, a little bit. And, just a little bit, yeah. And they've got their own franchise of movies. You know? Do they've you know? Got, they've got their whole Planet, Planet of the Apes whole thing Planet. going. So, that's yeah. fine. You know, let's give the other mammals a chance in this one. I was curious as to where the horses had gone. Oh, there's a horse. There are a couple horses in there. They're in there. Guys, they've got some, horses. They're horses. They're yeah. walking around. Yeah. They've got the little zebras, everything you can think of. Um, with, with a movie like this one, mm-hmm. what was the biggest task in getting what is a, essentially a, a police story yes. right in an animal world? Uh, well, the mystery in, is in tough. the animal world. I mean, just even in a normal yeah, human regular world, world, it's, it's uh, difficult to, you have to figure out like what's the right amount of clues, you know, how do you dole them out? How do you parse them out? Uh, so it's, you keep the audience kind of in suspense of what's going to happen next. Um, and um, it, it has to make sense in the end, you know? <laughs> it has to be... I would love if there was a script where it didn't make sense. Oh, well, I think we oh, had a few had versions a couple of those like that. We have did, several. Yeah. We have several. So How <laughs> about this? No. 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 Needs to That's make a sense. bad case. That's let's pass it over to you guys, because um, you've got great questions, and let's hear them. You guys um, have some questions? Anybody? Please feel free to put yeah, your hand and up. And even if it's uh, questions about Apple products, you know, I know <laughs> that it's, it's yeah, tough to get a number yeah. at the Genius Bar. Yeah, please. We yeah. are here to help you. That's true. We can tell you where the loser. are. Mm-hmm. Yep. Hi. Hi. I, just, I just wondered if any of the animals were against type, so sloths are always, quick, always slow and so on. But were there any animals that you played against the type of animal they should have been? We do have an elephant with a terrible memory memory. (laughs) in there. We have an elephant with a terrible memory. Uh, We we wanted to make the world um, not black and white, where all the cliches are true to the animals. Uh, We wanted it to feel like our world, where it's like many... Many shades of gray in in Zootropolis. So sometimes, sometimes the the cliche is true, and sometimes it's not. You know, so we have a lot of fun with that. Particularly, I enjoy a cheetah known for being quite svelte. Mm. Oh, we do. Yeah. Who yeah. loves his Cheetos? He's uh, yeah. he's a big fella. So he's got a little yeah. big. He's, he's a fat cheetah. He's yeah. an American. Yeah, yeah he's, he's a big fella. <laughs> um, uh, anyone else? This lady here with the scarf. Hello, guys. 
Hello. Hi. I was just wondering, were you worried about perpetuating negative sloth stereotypes? Because I think science has proven uh, they're not actually lazy. It's no, just their natural way of moving. They, they do, they, they yeah. save up their energy for one quick strike. They told I've us heard. this. They, that they, they move slow yeah. normally, but if you attack them, there's a lunge. Oh my God, they will lunge and oh, yeah. sink those giant talons into your flesh. They'll so. rip your face off. Yeah. They're, yeah. Yeah. So don't move quickly towards yeah, them in a threat. Don't anyway. sloth. Yeah. I was promised there wouldn't be the sloth lobby, but they're here. They just get everywhere. They really do. Uh, let's have another question. This, this man with a hat. Hi, good evening. Hey, uh, good evening. Good evening. Uh, my name's Lee. I'm, I'm training as a film director myself, so it's oh. an honor to meet yourselves. Oh, thank you. Um, thank you. Firstly, congratulations on an epic piece of work. Um, I'm, I love it already, and I can tell that you, you've got another global hit on your hands. That's my goodness. That's thank you for that. That's undoubted. Um, my question is actually right at the start. You know, the storyboarding process and the, yes. the, the kind of creative um, thinking that went behind this, because there have been so many hit animated um, feature films for well, 20 years now, really. How difficult is it to uh, come up with an an unique or innovative concept, and how close did you get to this with other ideas before you settled on this one? Well, you know, it's I, th I think we try to let every film be its own unique mm -hmm. story. But you know, what the interesting thing is that this movie didn't start off to be the movie it wound up to be. When we first pitched the movie, it was an animal spy movie mm -hmm. with a jackrabbit named uh, Jack Savage, who was a James Bond type spy. And he lived in this all-animal world, again, no humans. Yeah. But it had really nothing to do with the final movie. They did live in an all-animal city. And when I, I pitched this movie, the spy movie, which I thought was so great, to the Story Trust, which is directors like Rich and myself and John Lasseter and the other directors, and they kept telling me that it's like, we, we hate the spy thing. We hate it. We hate the spy we, to we get rid of it. Never seen spy stuff. We, we, we never said hate. We, we dislike strongly like the intensely. spy thing. Yeah. <laughs> They we, said just, you, we just don't like it. We didn't like, they didn't like it. But they said, uh, what you do have going on, which is really interesting, is this first act where your spy lives in this amazing mammal city. And it's like, that could be a whole movie in itself. And they said, they suggested, why don't you make that the entire film? And I said, fine. As much as I love spies, I will throw it away, and we will start again. And that's where we started building that's this movie. That's when Byron spies. began drinking heavily. Um, <laughs> and to this but, day, I'm numb from the inside. Yeah. But, but it, it just goes to show that, that your first idea may not be exactly what you end up in the end. You know, your first idea can be a stepping stone to the next idea, and that one to the next idea. That um, it's best not to, we have found it's best not to just kind of come up with one thing and then just kind of hold on to it and say like, no, this is the movie. Um, it's always good to, to be open to other ideas around you and, and let the idea grow organically because we find like that the movies are like organic things that, that start to tell you what it wants to be. Yeah, so. they really are living things. And that's not unique to us. I mean, if you, we, Pete Doctor is a good friend of ours and on uh, up, I think, started as a princess story, a story of twin princesses that visited a floating kingdom. And the balloon guy wasn't in there at all. Just the like beginning. the movie that it turned out to be, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> exactly. So it just goes to show you, yeah, I mean... It evolves. And, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's an evolving process. Uh, there's a beautiful message of tolerance in this film. Was that part of the, um, 
ongoing uh, kind of evolution of the story? Um, no, because it started out that we, we hated tolerance and that we, <laughs> <laughs> we're very we're intolerant. Very intolerant. Yeah. 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 Um, um, it kind of evolved organically. Like, we never start these movies saying, I have this intellectual idea or a political slant that I'm going to prove with this story. We always ask ourselves, how do you tell the story of these uh, two characters, their journey emotionally, and how do we make it effective for the audience? How do we make it relatable? But we did learn, uh, learn through our research that in the animal world with mammals, it's 90% prey animals and 10% predators. And we thought, wow, that's a really interesting statistic. And that thought, well, if these animals have evolved and kind of put their eating behaviors behind them for thousands that's, that's of years. That's a big behavior. That's a big behind. behavior. It's yeah. like, you know, it's like a lot of... A lot of water under the bridge. Um, <laughs> but they, they, you know, if they worked it out and figured out a way to live together, would there still be any sort of fear buried about uh, predators and prey? And have they, have they really kind of put that worked stuff that to bed, out. or is it still kind of down there under the surface? And that's why it's, it seems so uh, timely. Even mm -hmm. though it's a comedy, it's about something that's very kind of deep. So another question from the crowd. Uh, how about this uh, lady here with the hand up there? Yeah. Hi Ben, my name's Lisa and I'm a Hi, voice Lisa. artist based in London. Oh, nice my question you. would be to you, do you record sometimes in London or is it always in LA? Um, we did. With Idris we recorded a few times in London uh, because he was so busy out here. Uh, we, I flew out here to record with him and we, we did lots of, we, we go to wherever the actor is. We try to make it uh, convenient for him or her to uh, try to fit us around their schedule. Um, we went to Vancouver quite a bit to work with Jennifer Goodwin, who her TV show shoots up in Vancouver. A lot of them do. So um, we, we did visit London a lot. So there is a little bit of London in, in this movie. Uh, this movie uh, also kind of caters to other parts of the world in another way, insofar as that the news anchors change in different countries. That's is that true. right? That's, That's true. true. So That's Japan true. doesn't have a, is it a wildebeest? They don't have, well, it's a, it's a moose. It's, it's a, a moose. moose. Mm -hmm. But for Japan, we switched it out to, do you guys know what a tanuki is? A raccoon dog? Anybody fans of Japanese animals? There is <laughs> one, <it's> one <laughs> person. Is the tanuki yes. lobby yeah, yeah. here? Tanuki lover, yes. Yeah, so Tanukis! Very, very, yeah, so it's a tanuki in Japan. It's a, it's a, in Australia, it's a koala. And uh, in the... Uh, Canada, it's a moose. Canada's moose. And in the UK, it's also a moose, voiced by Vasos Alexander... And the name of the character is Musos Alexander. Musos Alexander. You see? It was <laughs> destiny. Yeah. So. You get it. Yeah. It makes sense. Uh, another question from the crowd, please. How about this lady right at the front in the Bolt T-shirt? Wow, a Bolt T-shirt. Noted. Wow. I don't even have now, a Bolt T-shirt. Now, did you know that you, you were going to see him tonight? And that's yeah, why you... Yeah, that's oh, uh, the reason oh, okay. I wore it, actually. That's awesome. Good. Big fan. Um, Thank you. Okay, uh... Mainly directed at Byron, but of course, Rich, if you I'll have sit this one out. I'll just, talk, matter, I'll just talk with Ali. Um, How you doing? I Hi, try Ali. to call myself a freelance artist, but it's not really anything huge. It's just sort of mini on the side stuff. Mm -hmm. Since taking on art as a sort of small career, I find my motivation slacking somewhat since I find it more as a job rather than a hobby or something that I enjoy. And I find that that's been kind of killing my creativity, so to speak. And I was wondering, how do you stay motivated? Like, I know it's your job, but how do you keep your creativity flowing despite the fact that maybe sometimes you'll have an off day or something? And 
I have a so great answer, but it's directed to you, so you go ahead. <laughs> you just, I'm just going to keep it to myself. I, I'll let him answer to it. No, I no, think, no, 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 no. It's, it's for fine. you. Um, no, it's a good question because you know we do we do a lot. Uh, we work a lot at this job, but we're at our jobs. We see our fam families less than we see our coworkers sometimes, and sometimes you do have to struggle with how do you keep going. I guess the thing that uh, keeps us going is that uh, when we do pitch these ideas. We have to make sure it's something we're passionate about. And I think there's, there's something about it when you do like pitch these first ideas, there's a little spark of what you're passionate about. But as we do research and as you see other people jump onto the movie, their passion kind of feeds your passion. I think the, the toughest part of sometimes being an artist is not having other people around you to help feed that fire. So that's a really, I know it's a tough thing to, to work on. But if you can find other people who are enthusiastic about art where they can get excited about what you're doing or you can share passion about like a project or even like a piece of art that really kind of fires your imagination. I think it's that sort of shared camaraderie that keeps us going because if any one of us had to do this alone, we would just fall apart. Agreed. That's good. <laughs> so wait, you're a freelance artist? You just started for a few years? Work at a studio. Get some people around you. If <laughs> To be fair, well, it does. It does. You're gonna help. commute from London, though. It's a Burbank. Oh, okay. Oh, well. That is, yeah. That's a tough one. I mean, it does help when you have John Lasseter. Uh, I gather acting out certain characters in the film the way he we, saw it. In particular, yeah, so I've seen footage of him eating a tiny, tiny, tiny piece of cake. Piece of cake. We had a scene in which uh, the Fox character Nick uh, has a tiny piece of cake and he's eating it at this wedding reception, and. Uh, John had some uh, real distinct ideas of, of what this should look like. I hope we have the clip. I hope. Oh, no, we, no, no, no. I'm, I'm just oh, teasing don't. you. I'm just teasing oh. you. <laughs> so, this is a great um, clip. Yeah. Uh, so he, I mean, we really get into our work, you know, where we will go as far as acting out, eating a tiny little piece of cake off of a plate. And John did that by taking a sliver of a carrot cake and putting it on a filthy coin from our producer's pocket and and we videoed him i wish we had it to it's show it's genuinely that's dedication it's, it's, yeah eating off a dirty queen um <laughs> another question you just wanted to hear that yeah that's it really. eating a tiny piece of cake off of a filthy nickel you know that's <laughs> that's, that's how far we go to give you the best in entertainment <laughs> our chief creative officer will eat cake off a filthy coin and and risk i don't know salmonella something. or something you know uh, I, this lady's been very, very patient here with a bag, yeah. Hi, yeah, congratulations. This film is amazing. And I went Thanks, you. to your talk before to Record Ralph. Actually, oh. that was wonderful as well. Thank you. Um, um, previous film, Big Hero, they've developed some interesting technology mm -hmm. where they would have a character generator and yes. they could generate like up to 100,000 characters. Did you use any of that technology to populate the city of Zootropolis? We didn't Definitely. do that. We, I mean, we didn't, you know, they had a, well, the interesting well, thing about human beings is they can sort of mix heads and torsos and legs. The thing, the tricky thing about animals is that every animal, we have to think about 65 different species of animals, so our parts aren't as interchangeable, interchangeable. But as weren't you But the costumes, the, the, the could, costumes, yeah, we did. They could we, interchange the costumes. We didn't change the costumes and the groom on them. So we have 64 yeah. basic uh, species of animal, and then we have, male, female, and child variants of those, and then we have clothes variants of those. So by the time you're done, we do have tens of thousands of different animals, but we didn't quite have the same sort of uh, yeah, it, it transformer didn't, it doesn't, Yeah, it doesn't 
rebuild characters the way they did on Big Hero 6 because otherwise you'd end up with a mouse body with the a horse giraffe head. head it's and, horrifying. Yeah, I mean, that it could be good. I don't know. Now yeah. that I think I about know. it. It's, it's you know. But no, we had pretty amazing technology that was cracked on Big Hero 6 uh, that was used on, well, generating like the city engine to build out sections of the city. Yeah. I think we used that technology on that. And we have our, our renderer, which is called Hyperion, which allows us to actually put a light source in the scene and bounce the light around. And that was a game changer for yeah. us because then we could, I don't think we could have made this movie without that rendering system because we have so many different environments. And to be able to light the, the, uh, the city the way we do, and also to play around with shadows. Like we were very influenced by noir films. So some of the uh, parts of the film are very shadowy and like a noir film. And to be able to work with that uh, in layout has been incredible. Uh, we didn't have too much time. But that, yes, that was a great question. Seconded. Um, yeah. uh, what do you think? Good question. What do you right? think? Good questions? Right. Yeah, we agree. Sold. We agree. It's a good question. Good. So yeah. whoever wants to follow that up, good luck. Um, <laughs> but please do put your hand up. We've got time for a couple more questions. This lady in the lovely grey beanie. Um, yeah, well done on the film. And um, I really just wanted to ask, it's like not like that much of a great question, but um, what was your favourite <laughs> part of um, the whole production process? Oh, wow. That's a tough one. I think it was coming to London That's to the <laughs> Apple Store. That's how Covent play Gardens. the crowd. Yeah. <laughs> this is to the, meet you wonderful people. Ultimate. We do. Now, this is, um, actually, it this is pretty good. You know, yeah, the, this is... I will have to say the, the touring mm -hmm. to promote the movie yep. in Europe and the UK has been awesome. It I has. Mean, the people have been so nice. Yeah. Uh, guys like Ali that we've met along the way. Yeah. Um, it's, this has been wonderful doing yeah. the, the promotions. So. Yeah, we've been in Europe for about two weeks, and you guys are the last stop of the last city. And it's a little bittersweet. I'm sad. We're a little sad to be wrapping it up, and we're going to mm -hmm. head back to the States tomorrow. But it is, it is great. London's awesome. Europe is awesome. And it's great to... There's so many people here who love film and love art and... Uh, you know, just what we do incorporates so many of those disciplines. To see so many people who are enthusiastic about it as mm -hmm. we are is uh, terrific for us. So, so yay you. We're, we like you guys. So. <laughs> it would be cruel to ask someone to follow that up, so I'm going to wrap it up now. But I wanted okay. to say thank you so much, guys, for coming down. And thank thanks you for having us. Thanks, everybody. Thank you.